Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 97 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about all things tapering. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey ryan welcome to episode 97 hey letty i just have to point out that in typical letty fashion you forgot the name of the podcast temporarily (laughs) and had to do multiple takes and i couldn't let it pass it's too I, funny. I don't know why I kept calling it the wrong name. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I'm really it's tired. Letty, letty. So yeah, so the name of our podcast is Marathon Running Podcast, and we are Ryan and Letty. We bring new episodes now for the 97th time. Um, did you actually look at? Did you actually look at it? Yeah, I did. I thought so. <laughs> and every week we have an episode on either something that has to do with training for your marathons or half marathons or nutrition or other tips that can hopefully be helpful and race recaps, etc. So here we are. And so co-host, your name is Ryan. I remember that. That's good. Ryan is also my husband, for those of you who do not know that, because we had that incident happen a couple of weeks ago where someone was shocked that my silly, funny co-host is actually my husband. <laughs> I don't know if I'm... Maybe silly. I don't know how funny I am, but... You're pretty funny, at least to me. So that's all that matters anyway. So yeah, welcome to this episode. And um, yeah, so guess what the topic is going to be? Because I do remember that. Tapering, you said. So guess why the topic is tapering this week? Uh, normally I would say marathon season, but is it? It is marathon season. All the spring marathons are coming up. And today, this Monday, when this podcast airs first, is three weeks away from Boston. And the recommended taper time by our guest, David Levine, is three weeks. Perfect timing. Best planning, right? Way to taper right into that. (laughs) So yeah, so we hopped on with uh, LA Roadrunners head coach, David Levine, again, to ask him about his expert opinion on why, how long, and, you know, basically all things tapering. So I guess the one thing good about tapering, it kind of went through this before a little bit, though, but um, it means you're getting closer to your race time. It is. And, you know, for anyone running marathons, it's kind of exhausting to be doing that, actually, you know, the whole... Well, I mean, yeah, the training, right? I mean, the training is... is it gets to a peak and then theoretically you want to maximize the training. You should be pretty tired at your peak. Yes. Yes. And actually we have a whole episode about that. If you guys want to go back, I can also link it. It was uh, episode 70 where we had uh, Olympic coach Gail Bernard on 
And she explained everything from definition of tapering to what goes on with us. Why do we get so grouchy? Why do we feel so depressed, tired, exhausted, injured? And uh, yeah, you know, she covers it all basically. So this podcast episode is a little bit different because it doesn't tell us why all these things are going on with us as much, but more tells us how we can best taper to make the most of our training when that big day comes. Big day meaning <laughs> race day. The other great thing is like, usually when you're tired and your training's at your max, you're probably also the more, most frustrated and ready to quit. But as you get into the taper part of the training, you probably can get some of your energy back and some of your excitement for running back. And so it's like you're going on the downhill to your race. And it's so true what you just said. Um, and it feels like that for me too. Or it felt like that for me too when I started tapering for the Paris Marathon that the last three weeks I was just so overrunning. Normally I wake up and you know we have spring in my foot and I want to get out there and I want to run some serious miles and I just really didn't feel like running. I kind of almost hated running towards the end of it. So it's it's definitely a burnout because you do a lot of miles and then that tapering hopefully brings it all back. Who knows, right? I got... um. I got that marathon coming up very soon, next weekend. So how do you feel right now? Right now, I feel much better already. I've been in tapering. Um, I have my normal grouchiness, uh, I guess. Not that much, but I guess you're the best judge for it. And yeah, just kind of excited because I'm running a marathon outside of the US. I'm flying to Paris, so I'm excited about the trip too. And so you know, kind of in a good mood. And in the end, I know that you will love me just as much with a slower finish than a faster finish, right? A little bit less if you don't PR. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I don't oh, care. Man. It doesn't matter. Now the pressure I hope on. you have fun. That's all I care about. That's awesome. Yeah. So what do you say? You want to hear what Coach David Levine has to say? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so without any further ado, as we love to say, we will now hear from Coach David Levine. All right, so we're back on here with David Levine. David, thank you so much for joining us from the uh, Almost Open Expo at your race, the LA Marathon. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, and um, you know, you obviously, with your runners that you've been coaching as the head coach of the LA Roadrunners, have been through this and we that are riling up for the spring races are going to be going through this topic. And uh, that topic is tapering. So I wanted to hear from you how to go about this whole tapers thing. Should we do two weeks, three weeks? I mean, obviously, it depends on the person. But how would you approach that for all these people that are training with online programs? Great. Um, you know, identical to any kind of training or nutrition or whatever you're doing, everybody is an individual. Everybody is different. So there's no one size fits all. Unfortunately, I wish I could say there was, but um, in terms of tapering, there are a couple of concepts that you can use that really work well, and you can kind of figure out which ones work best for you, the individual. Um, the faster runners, generally speaking, are those who recover the quickest, and that's the key to taper. Uh, taper is all about recovery. You have to understand that when you're building and building and building, when you stop building, 
your fitness for a short period of time continues to increase while you're because you're strengthening muscles, you're rebuilding hormone tissues, um, you're rebuilding hormone levels, you're rebuilding muscle tissue. And that's what tapering is all about. So even though you've dropped volume dramatically, and I'll talk about that in a sec, you're still increasing fitness. And the average person, this is key, the average person can gain fitness levels, meaning energy output on race day, by as much during taper, just doing way less, by as much as 0.5%, which is not a lot, to about even 7% for those who are going really, really high volume, really pushing themselves, desperately needing taper. Um, the average person gains 3% during periods of taper. So that's outrageous. You gain almost more from doing less than you gain from any single week of training or two weeks or whatever. Now, the period of taper, like I started to say, is dependent on how quickly you recover. If you recover hormone levels, if you rebuild muscle tissue very quickly, like most faster runners do, then maybe you only need two weeks of taper. Um, I find for us non-pro athletes, even the three-hour pace, pace people, three-hour finish time pace people, usually need like two and a half weeks of taper. Studies indicate from Bath University uh, in, I guess, Spain, wherever, in Bath, the region, um, it, it, that uh, a guy named Inigo Mujica wrote a book based on their studies called Tapering and Peaking. Not a very creative title, but it, it works. Tapering and Peaking is the book. Um, all people can benefit from at least two weeks. So if you're doing a marathon and you're only getting a week of taper, you may really be missing out on that big percentage of fitness increase that you gain during taper. So, all right, a lot of people gain, need more like three weeks of taper to really fully rebuild your hormone levels. You know, when, uh, this is probably a horrible example, but when women have a period um, their hormone levels are like skyrocketing through the roof. You could run a marathon like tomorrow. And that's what we're talking about with hormone levels. Um, you want to rebuild hormone levels on full so that by race day, you time it right. Race day, you're like through the roof, you know, ready to scream to get to the starting line. You know, that's why for some people, um, taper periods become extremely stressful because you have all this extra energy and you're nervous and whatever, but all this extra hormone levels. So that's, that's pretty much the scope, you know, in terms of length of taper. Oh, one other thing you do benefit, not from just a gradual decay of volume. You benefit from a dramatic, what we call exponential drop in taper so that if you're doing a three-week taper, like the first week would be about 50 to 60% less than your peak last week, the previous week, which was your peak building week. Um, sorry about all these trucks going by me. Anyway, um, so that's the key. And so you, you kind of maintain way less and then even a little less 
the the third week before the race, the second week before the race, the first, the final week before the race, Monday, you want to start doing pretty much the same thing that you did the previous week, Monday. But then the last week, that Monday, okay, you got the same thing. Then Tuesday, you're doing a little less. Wednesday, you're doing a little less. Thursday, you're doing even less. Maybe as little as like, you know, 40 minutes Monday, 30 minutes Tuesday, 20 minutes Wednesday or Thursday. Then by Friday, you're doing zero. And then you get this little kicker, maybe a 10, possibly as much if you're a faster runner, possibly as because you recover quicker. You get like a 10 to 20 minute, uh, those faster runners, maybe a little more like 15, 20 um, a slower runners that recover more slowly, um, maybe 10 minute only, but at race pace the day before the marathon in the morning, and then either go to the expo or get off your feet, relax, whatever, take a nap. Um, but that day before that little kicker and doing it that way, you get point on top of all the other stuff, you, uh, all the benefits, the increase in fitness, you get 0.05% extra energy output by doing the little kicker in the last week that way on race day, which would they studies show for a triathlete would put you either a number one on the podium or number four just off the podium. They calculate that 0.05% would do that much for a pro athlete, make money or not making money. So for a pro, it's huge. Um, for the rest of us, 0.05%. If you miss your 10-minute run the day before the marathon, yeah, okay, not that big a deal, but it is a plus. So there are the statistics, and I think I pretty much covered it all for taper. Oh, one last thing, sorry. One last thing is, um, whoop. one last thing is you want to do the same things the same days of the week just way less during period of taper. So on Mondays, if you're doing like an easy day, you want an easy day, just less. If Tuesday's track workout, you want to do a track workout, just less. Wednesday, easy again, or day off or whatever, you do the same thing. Each day, you want to do the same thing until the day before the marathon, you want to do your little kick run. That's usually a marathon race pace. You get used to that feel. You, you start engaging muscles the day before. There are, this is a benefit to that. So there you go. Any questions? Oh my God, David, that was a huge chunk of information and I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so three-week taper and then each week going down drastically more. I was kind of shocked to hear the percentage of that you're suggesting to reduce tapering even on the first week compared to your training week. Yeah. Well, you want to do 50 to 60%, 50 to 60%. I didn't say that 50 to 60% of what you did the previous week. So you're dropping 40 to 50%, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, now, not everybody needs a three-week taper. A lot of people just two-week taper, but everyone needs at least a two-week taper, right? So how then do we know that don't know our bodies well enough, whether we should do a two-week or three-week taper? Is there one that's safer? 
Um, you know, I hate to say this, but in some cases, it's more like trial and error. You know, if you you've get to the starting line and you're sore and tired and whatever, you need a longer taper usually or more sleep. Here's the key to, to everything. Um, endurance athletes studies show need, and this is shocking and stunning, eight to nine hours of sleep a night. We need more sleep than everybody, even though our bodies are more efficient. But during taper, especially, I just say sleep, you know. Um, beside that, you know, faster runners generally need a little less, you know, maybe for us adult, you know, over 22 year olds or whatever, probably we need two and a half weeks faster athletes. If you're doing like a sub three hour race to like 345 or something race finish time. Um, the rest of us are probably a little closer. That's two and a half weeks. The rest of us maybe a little more to three weeks. Some people actually need four-week taper. Um, if you're really pushing yourself and you're a little older, you may need a four-week taper. Um, not horribly uncommon. So, um, yeah, that, that you don't know until you do it. But those are some minimal parameters you can think about to you know, calculate your first taper. Okay, so... Any other tips for how to go about tapering when we get nervous and when we have those days where we feel like we have too much energy, what should we do with ourselves? <laughs> well, I want to say go run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of the answer. Um, obviously, you don't want to run too much, but there are like things like deep breathing exercises that you can do. We all know, you know, kind of inhale, hold it. And then exhale slowly and then do like three <laughs> of those. You can do that at the, the starting line of a marathon. Um, I should tell you, though, I do have a graph at home that there, there, there's a study. There's a, I actually have a graph. Uh, I think it's even in my book. I'm not sure. Um, where people who are nervous have more energy output on race day. So you don't want to be like, you know, calm, relaxed. Oh, yeah, I'm doing a marathon tomorrow. Big deal. No, that you, you and the other side of the spectrum is you don't want to be panic stricken either because then you're using too much energy. But somewhere in between, you know, bored, lethargic and panic stricken somewhere right in the middle there, you do want to have some nervous energy that will give you more energy on race day. I mean, imagine when you're standing in front of an audience, you're about to give a speech, you're, you're really nervous. That nervous energy gives you more enthusiasm, excitement, energy to give an interesting speech. Same thing with running, same thing with race day. It's not a bad thing to be a little nervous, a little more energy. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, more energy on race day. <laughs> hey, got, you know, good, you know, um, too much nervousness. Yeah. Just a little deep breathing and hold it back a little, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Any big no-nos for taper time? Yeah. Um, here's a big one. And I hate to say this because the LA marathon is in two days and St. Patrick's day was yesterday. And I asked, I wore my green shirt. I'm not Irish, but I wore it proudly. Um, drinking alcohol is a diuretic. And we don't want to start our, our marathon dehydrated. Not a good thing. 
So, you know, diet, uh, alcohol takes, what is it, 10 to 14 days to totally get it out of your system. So, yeah, you know, the, the two weeks before the marathon, no offense, as much as we all love our green beer, um, you know, actually, I'm not really much of a beer drinker, but, but um, you really do avoid alcohol before a marathon because it is a diuretic. You don't want to be dehydrated before a race. You want to be hydrated. Um, you do want to maybe drink a little more water um, and maybe a few more minerals like sodium, potassium, things like that. Um, but, it, you know, that's, I think those are some good rules. Sleep, no alcohol. Oh, here's another one. Uh, caffeine. Uh, caffeine, as you know, for, or a lot of people know who drink a lot of coffee, um, you drink another cup of coffee in the morning. It doesn't really have the same impact as if you've gone a long period of time with no caffeine, then you drink a cup of coffee and your eyes open wide and you're more energetic. So if you want to use caffeine, which are in a lot of gels, you know, caffeine is a big, I, I, I shouldn't probably use the word drug, but it is a kind of a drug, a legal drug, um, a very effective sport enhancement drug. And if you are going to use caffeine in a gel or, or some other, like I know some mineral pills also come with a little caffeine in them. I think salt stick makes one with some caffeine in it. I don't remember. I think that was a, the brand. Anyway, um, you need to reduce your caffeine intake so that the effect of caffeine on race day is going to impact you. Otherwise, you know, caffeine in a gel and no, you don't feel anything. But you need to reduce caffeine intake. You might want to start like a month or two out to slowly start reducing caffeine intake. If you're a two cup of, ca cup of coffee drinker a day, which is not unhealthy, by the way, um, I, they say two to three cups of caffeine, a uh, cup of coffee might actually open up certain cerebral processes and might even possibly help you avoid Alzheimer's dementia. I'm not sure of that one, but there are some preliminary research what might show that. Regardless, um, I, you may, you may want to start reducing caffeine intake, you know, like from two cups to a cup and three quarter, then two and a half cup, cups, and then on and on down to zero, so that you got a couple of weeks of zero caffeine intake so that when you do take caffeine in a gel, you actually feel the benefits of it during the race or before or after or whatever. Um, I, I usually recommend caffeine intake like around the third quarter of the marathon, you know, because that's where you become, it, maybe it's most best beneficial, you know, really push you through up to the end of the marathon. I remember having one marathon. I, I, I always take a caffeinated, a, a gel with caffeine, a caffeinated gel at mile 22 and 24. That's just me. And I remember one year I, I had some caffeine, caffeinated gel with like hundred milligrams or something. So after 200 milligrams in mile 22 and 24, I crossed the finish line just flying. I was like ready to keep going. You know, I didn't want to stop. 
Um, that was a bizarre experience, but it, there are benefits to it. And, but you really slowly need to taper off the caffeine or you're going to have severe headaches. And, you, you know, we become addicted to these. It is a drug. Yeah, caffeine, even coffee, you know, that's, that's a caffeine in there. It's a drug. Um, you need to be cut, get off of it slowly. So there you go. That's my rant. Thank you, David, so much. Um, and yeah, good luck with the LA Marathon Expo and all that stuff. I hope all your runners cross the finish line fast and strong. I do too. I, you have no idea being a coach, you lose all control as soon as the gun goes off. It is the most terrifying thing being a coach. <laughs> When everyone else starts to relax and get into the flow, I'm panic-stricken, you know. And tracking them, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And, and I love drama. So it's a good thing. Being <laughs> nervous is not necessarily a bad thing. All right, anyway. David. So good luck. And uh, I'll speak with you very soon. Thank you very much for having me on and your interest. Have fun. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you, David, so much for all this information. I'm glad that we talked earlier last month so I could apply all this information to my own self and hopefully we'll be able to report back to you next week and let you know how my tapering went overall and um, if I did, if I was able to add that 0.05% with my last run prior to marathon day. Yeah. So with that, I hope everybody has a good, well, if you're running Boston, I hope everybody has a good uh, taper phase. And if you're training and still just grinding away, keep doing that. Um, let us know how you're doing. And until next time. Happy tapering. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.